1: Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the Metaverse, Web3, and more with stories that matter to the crypto world, all on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to The Coindesk Podcast Network.
2: Hello, everyone. You're watching The Hash on a wonderful Tuesday afternoon. We're on Coindesk TV. And if you're listening to us, you are listening to The Coindesk Podcast Network. Network. I'm Jensen Assey. On today's show, we got Will Foxley and David Morris. I forget who started us off.
0: It's me. It's me. (laughs) This is some of the bigger news out there. Coinbase is being investigated by the SEC for potentially violating securities listings laws. Of course, Coinbase is one of the largest exchanges in the world and probably the most dominant within the United States as well. It's basically a household name at this point. The SEC is looking into its 200 or so coins that it has listed over the history. Of the exchange. Following comments uh, from Coinbase are also interesting. Their chief legal officer, Paul Grewell, said in response that we are confident that our rigorous diligence process, a process the SEC has already reviewed, keeps securities off our platform. We can look forward to engaging with the SEC on the matter. Of course, this also comes after last week's news where three individuals were charged by both the Department of Justice and the SEC for violating securities laws by uh, insider trading. Uh, David, I want to throw this one to you. This has huge implications, I should say, for just digital asset space in general, because everything runs through an exchange, right? Everything touches an exchange at some point. And so if they're going after Coinbase, this could mean so much for so many tokens that are out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is basically a good thing. Hopefully, I think we have a tweet from Paul Gruel, who's the chief legal officer at Coinbase. And I want to quote him directly because I think in situations like this specific. Terminology is important. He tweeted, We are confident that our rigorous diligence process, a process that the SEC has already reviewed, keeps securities off our platform. And we look forward to engaging with the SEC on the matter. And he uh, links to a post where Coinbase says, Coinbase does not list securities, end of story. The significant thing about that comment and about the entire context here is that just because Coinbase has a process that the SEC has had some visibility into, doesn't mean that Coinbase has reliably followed that process every single time, or that it, you know, just because it has a process, has approval to use its own judgment. And keep in mind that it was Coinbase that just a couple of days ago, one of their former employees, I believe, got hit with insider trading charges. That was also another moment when uh, the SEC laid out a few tokens that Coinbase already listed that it basically said in that filing, it believes to be securities. Paul's tweet here, good on him for doing his job, but it's not in any way determinative of how this process is going to go because the SEC already has found parts of Coinbase's internal processes that violate according to its standards. So, you know, it doesn't really mean anything at all that Coinbase has a process. The SEC's job is to go in there and and figure out whether it was actually following the process. The other thing that I'll say And there have been plenty of observations to this effect over the last few days. But Coinbase has really started over the last six to eight months, if not longer, scraping the real bottom of the barrel in terms of the quality of the assets that it's listing. And I do think that that plays a factor here. I mean, we're seeing them list coins with like $1.5 million total market caps, which are really just gambling to be involved in. And so I can't imagine that that does not factor into the SEC's movement here. If Coinbase is just tossing whatever it feels like up on the exchange, whether or not it like technically fits some big picture definition of security might be less relevant to the SEC than the fact that they're just exposing customers to genuinely ridiculous levels of risk. So I think that that is part of the context here as well. Jen, what do you think? Are we in trouble if the SEC starts sniffing too closely?
2: I think that it is so hard to be in a legal department at one of these exchanges in the U.S. I think that the SEC's rules are so unclear that how can we expect anyone to abide by rules that are ever evolving and ever changing? We're talking about all of these obscure coins that Coinbase has listed, but SEC Chairman Gary Gensler has been very public about his opinion that Ethereum is in fact a security. And so I don't know what is going to happen next when it comes to the SEC and Coinbase. It would be a really interesting exercise to see Coinbase and the SEC go through each and every token that is listed on the exchange and, and pressure test that against the Howey test. I think it might be a nice lesson to the SEC that maybe some of these things can't be applied to this rule that was created almost a century ago and it might be the driving force that helps them create something that is more fitted to the crypto industry, or it might just be really bad for exchanges in the US. I'm not sure, I'm not very hopeful. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. I don't have an optimistic take on this story for the first time in a while. I don't know, Will, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I can kind of see the story both ways, right? On the one hand, you have the SEC, which has been very slow to bring up the rules, They've only really talked about Bitcoin and some people have read the tea leaves around ether that it also might just be classified as a commodity and not necessarily security. Past that, there hasn't been a lot of good information for entrepreneurs out there who are trying to build these tokens. They're trying to build like these new ecosystems and they sort of look like securities. On the other hand, Coinbase has been listing some very, very weird assets, just assets <laughs> nobody knows about, they don't really know what the purpose of them are. And some people have accused Coinbase of just trying to increase their revenues by listing these random coins. So I, I do think that there's two sides to the story, and we'll have to see what happens in court when this goes to trial or if it even meets trial, if maybe just Coinbase settles. Uh, but it has definitely implications for not only Coinbase, the largest exchange in the United States, or at least the most probably well-known exchange in the U.S. also has implications for all the tokens out there and all the builders out there who are trying to make these token ecosystems. David, I'll give it to you for next story.
1: Yeah. One last comment on the Coinbase thing. I think, Will, you're absolutely spot on that the upside here would be if builders and designers actually started paying attention and felt like there was some kind of accountability. I mean, we look at just what happened with Celsius just a couple of months ago. This is a US listed and domiciled corporation that felt like it was completely okay to issue its own token and use it as part of its business model and use it as part of its financial calculations in a way that clearly was a huge problem, leaving aside even the question of securities. And I would also call out people who are over the last year have been really eager to create NFTs that generate revenue, which you're like running at 90 miles an hour into a brick wall, guys. Let's, let's get it together. <laughs> Come on. Sorry, Jen, quick comment, and then we'll move to the next story.
2: It's gone. My comment is gone. I laughed, oh, and it, I'm so it escapes for it. my brain. When it comes back, I will let you know.
1: <laughs> so our next story is that we see Tether stabilizing around its dollar peg in the wake of what happened to luna which basically caused a lot of anxiety in the market now two things here that i would say to kind of frame this one it's actually kind of a good thing that you saw tether waver a little bit in the market because it shows that it is genuinely trading and when you see a stable coin of whatever sort that is just pegged to exactly a dollar over time that's actually a red flag it's not so much a sign of, of confidence however the other thing is We're seeing it move towards a dollar, and that is for good reasons because we've had a reliable redemption path for quite a few weeks now that seems to show that Tether does have real liquidity in its reserves. But we won't know the real situation unless and until we see Tether draw down much further because in a basket of assets as big as theirs, which is like $68 billion or something like that right now. There is going to be a big difference between the best assets and the worst assets. And the real anxiety around uh, Tether is that they might be holding commercial paper and short-term bonds from companies that could disappear. And so there is still the possibility that Tether is more fragile than the market is indicating right now. Will, I see you nodding. What are your thoughts on Tether in the current moment, given a global recession that seems to be looming?
0: Yeah, totally. Really interesting story and an important one, right? Because Tether is basically the coin that almost everything trades against. It used to be Bitcoin, Ethereum, that you'd be able to buy your token against back in 2017, 2018. But with the rise of stablecoins, USDT, USDC, and some others, those stablecoins became the thing that denominated all of crypto. And so if you're looking at crypto's market cap, then you really have to take into account the importance of stablecoins and the importance of the most dominant stablecoin, Tether. Tether definitely had its problem when Terra collapsed. It's almost expected, though, right? A lot of people became worried. There was some contagion at the time. A lot of tokens are dropping. And Tether was naturally going to be like roped into this category of stable coins. I can't think of like the, the number of stories out there that said that Tether was also collapsing at the time just because they were both stable coins. Uh, mainstream media tended to get this one very wrong, confusing an algorithmic stable coin with an asset backed stable coin like Tether. Uh, So we saw some drop in the price of Tether at that time, but that's happened in the past. And that's because it's pegged to the dollar. doesn't necessarily mean that it always trades on par with the dollar. Those are two different things. Depends on the confidence of the market at the time and the dynamics of supply and demand for that token. Mm -hmm. And at that time, a lot of people were dumping it because they didn't want to hold it anymore. So the price naturally went down. Biggest thing here is that we saw not only that the peg returned after a period of time, but also that these redemptions happened, about $16 billion worth of redemptions. And what that means is that at least Tether Inc., the company behind Tether, has $16 billion to pay back to people who put $16 billion into the piggy bank in the first place. takes a while to get that money back out to people's hands, but they did it successfully, and now the token can keep going. It's a big stress test that they passed, and I think it's going to take a little heat off of them. Of course, the Tether Mm -hmm. truthers are still out there, And I think that it's good that people keep having a critical eye on a project that has so much importance within the crypto space. But for now, if you're working at Tether or you're working at Bitfinex or any associate company, you're probably saying, "Eh, gotcha, we're good. Jennifer, too.
2: I remember what I was going to say for the last story. So I just want to get that in very quickly. (laughs) The SEC is not only going after US exchanges, right? I think it's important if you're building in the space to know that if your product is available to American citizens, or if you haven't taken the necessary precautions to make it not available to American citizens, the SEC can still say that you fall under their jurisdiction. So there is a little tidbit. Mm-hmm. Now onto the Tether story. This story also calls for for regulation, right? There is a quote in there from crypto analyst Alex Kruger. He says, Tether has once again passed the stress test under extreme market conditions. However, I do not foresee Tether FUD to diminish in any significant way, until there is stablecoin issuer regulation in place and Tether adheres to it. And that's a conversation we've been seeing since Terra Luna and even before that. I think it's really interesting. I read an article in Decrypt recently, I think it was yesterday, that talked about Tether getting into the encrypted video messaging game along with Bitfinex. And I wonder if Tether is now looking at how they can diversify. I think that Tether has proven time and time again that their stablecoin for now is stable and and it's not going to go the way of of Terra Luna, despite those mainstream headlines, Will, that you brought up. But I wonder if we're going to see them diversifying into other realms of Web3.
1: So I think that that could be interesting. (laughs) I'm not sure that if I was a Tether customer, I would actually be all that eager to see them diversify because uh, complexity equals risk, right? And so I wonder about that. But I did want to follow up on Will's point about the wave of redemptions. We did see a big bunch of redemptions. We saw some of that volume go over to USDC, which I will say huge bullish for the sector that we now have two fairly comparable volume stable coins. For a long time, there was a big worry that if something really bad happened with Tether, that was game over for this entire sector because it is such a fundamental piece of infrastructure. And now we have USDC, which is regulated, which is relatively transparent. And so that is good. However, so we had that wave of redemptions, but I'm looking at coin market cap right now. And the last even somewhat major redemption was actually on July 14th. So we're now almost two weeks with no significant drawdown in Tether market cap or whatever you want to call it, their total uh, circulating volume. So that's good. That means that there seems to be some stabilization, a positive thing.
2: Time for lunch. It's Taco Tuesday, and Wendy O and Mm -hmm. Zach Seward aren't here. What a shame, but we're going to talk about Chipotle anyways. So did you know there's National Avocado Day? I didn't know. It's July 31st, and Chipotle has a marketing campaign around it. So they're launching a limited-time stock market simulation game called Buy the dip. Now the fast food chain will give away $200,000 in various crypto players. To play the game, users watch a line chart move and have to buy the dip for a chance to win crypto or one cent guacamole or queso. So my initial thoughts on the game, what a great way to educate people on the crypto market while having some fun with guac and queso. Will, what are your takes on it?
0: I don't know, like I, I think it's interesting. <laughs> it's cool that they're doing something with Bitcoin. It's just tough right now, right? If I was thinking of this mm-hmm. from a marketing perspective, which Jen, you always like to like tease our brains that way and make us think that way. Mm. I would say like stay away from Bitcoin and crypto right now. It's like not the most popular place to be. Like everyone knows about Voyager or they know about Celsius or they know about uh, what's happening with Terra Luna, and they don't want to be associated with it, so I'm surprised actually that this went through. Because of that, at the same time, we do see like this new sort of American trend where it's like, oh, buy the dip, be involved with this. Uh, GameStop, all things that happened there really brought in this, I like to say, like tech bro or fintech bro culture into the mainstream where everyone is aware of the gamification of the stock market and the fact that you can be a part of it. Anyone can be a part of it. Anyone can download Robinhood and be a part of it. And so I do see from that angle that Chipotle is jumping on with this. We see that in March 2021. They also did something around this where they gave out like $100,000 worth of Bitcoin and a bunch of burritos. Uh, so, you know, to them, maybe it's just a continuation of the old strategy. But if I was looking at it and I was like in mainstream culture, I'd be like, eh, I'll stick away, stay away from Bitcoin for two or three mm-hmm. years. David, I'll throw it
1: over to you for your take. I would say that it's pretty likely that this was in the planning stages well before everything collapsed. You know, it is interesting that they've gone ahead with it regardless, but presumably there was some, some real work that went into this. I'm just speculating here, but they probably rebranded it from something like grab the bull by the horns to buy the dip, which is, you know, a more, you know, I don't know, timing David, appropriate...
2: go with burritos. So, well. Well, that is
1: true. With That's a, you really do have the marketing brain, but the high level thing <laughs> I was going to say is just like two points. First, I am 100% going to go do this myself as soon as we get off here, because uh, I am a sucker for some Chipotle and cheap guacamole. You can't say no. The second point is I really don't (laughs) like this. I don't think it's a good thing. Will, you have the second order thinking of, well, this is a little dicey right now. But more generally, I think this is part of the much bigger trend of like the Robin Hoodification, GameStopification of like culture and finance and Ultimately, I think it is pretty irresponsible messaging because I think people have come to, and maybe they're going to learn their lesson the hard way, and I think a lot of people have, but I think people have come to regard finance as like a game or something that you can just dabble in. And it's been, you know, decades now of us trying in the finance industry, those of us who are responsible, at least, to convey to people that like day trading is not something that you should dabble with as an amateur Um, Like all of this stuff can can go to zero. Crypto in particular is a very high risk and almost entirely speculative asset. still at this point. I don't like certain parts of that message in terms of the way that it's shaping people's behavior and thinking about financial markets.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with both of you that maybe teaching people the very basic fundamentals of trading is not responsible. But on the other hand, I think creating educational platforms during a bear market is smart and so maybe it wasn't the best way to go about it but if chipotle were to follow this up with more educational content and educational gamification when it came to crypto i think that would be really smart right because they've been very prevalent in the metaverse i think they have uh, something in roblox where you can roll virtual burritos and then that turns into some kind of like chipotle currency that then you can spend at real chipotle stores oh god
1: and so they're have we been sucked into the metaverse minute is it happening
2: (laughs) yes it's finally happening (laughs) i think shying away completely from crypto just because it's a bear market would not be smart because they accept crypto in their stores and so educating that mainstream user is important and smart maybe teaching them how to follow a line chart isn't but I think it's kind of cool, and you guys are being a little hard on Chipotle, and I'm going to go play this game and hopefully win a burrito.
1: I mean, I'm not trying to be hard on Chipotle. I don't, I don't hate <laughs> this per se. I you guess, can be.
2: Well, David, I why mean, is this where you draw the line? You forms. are harsh on everyone, and now, now you're really not trying to be hard on Chipotle.
1: <laughs> well, let me just call out one specific thing, which is this rhetoric of buy the dip, right? And buy the dip implies that it is a dip that is going to then go back up. And that is absolutely not how it works most of the time. Most of the time when an asset is going to, I mean, maybe not most of the time, but very often when an asset sees a sharp decline, it's because people have changed their mind about it. They've learned something new and they don't want it anymore. Buy the dip implies it's going to go back up. That's not necessarily the case. You could just be buying the first part of a continued decline and you're going to lose the rest of your money too. You know, be careful with that rhetoric, I guess I would say.
2: All right. Well, this segment was not sponsored, but it could have been. So if you work at Chipotle and want to get us that
0: Oh god. sponsor burrito us. Money, we'll be nice. Yeah, exactly.
2: Have I your people call myself our from this conversation. Just kidding! You don't to do that.
1: This is all a joke. Right. This is not an actual invitation <laughs> Yeah, you cannot yeah. influence our coverage.
2: <laughs> all right, thank you so much for watching the Hash on Taco Tuesday. I'm Jen Sinassi. That's Will Foxley. We got David Morris. If you were listening to us, thank you for listening to the CoinDesk Podcast Network. Lots of great podcasts there. Have a great Tuesday, and we will see you tomorrow.
0: Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with spot me and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. Banking services is debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NIA, or Stride Bank NIA. Members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.